In affectionate remembrance of James Hurd, who died at Windy Hill on 18th August 2015, the body will be cremated and the ashes taken to... <laughs> Hang on, this isn't the obituaries, this is the Supercoach HQ podcast. Hello and welcome back to Supercoach HQ. My name's Adam Russell and we're here at the table joined by Josh and Shorty. How are we, fellas? Yeah, very well. Thank you, mate. Yourself? Going pretty well, mate. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Doing well myself. Hopefully the listeners at home are doing well as well. We are well and truly into finals now. Prelim finals It is in Supercoach and we're going to touch on some names that could be your saviours this week in, in your prelim finals, but we're going to touch on the guys that we looked at last week. And Josh, you brought... Ben Reid to the table was maybe a uh, some forward cover. You identified him as a potentially good scorer. How was his weekend? Yeah, he found it a little bit tough up in Sydney. He got 54 points. But as I said last week, he shouldn't be on your field. He should just, just be there purely as cover. And I think if you do need him in the next couple of weeks, he should score fairly well. We brought some rough into the table because the super coach world it went into shutdown when Toby Nankervis, he was dropped. So... A couple of super coaches, they started the panic, and I think a guy named Nick Natanui also missed. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But Shorty, who was your replacement for Toby Nankervis last week? <laughs> Steph Martin was the man I brought to the table, and I think you were pretty keen to bring him as well. So a bit of debate about him. He pretty much panned out how we expected. He was consistent. I think it was 119 he scored. And it was sort of the debate with Jacobs, consistency versus the high ceiling, low ceiling. And we pretty much got what? We almost expected with the blueprint because you um, spoke for Jacobs and he was impressive. Yeah, he certainly was. We did touch on that he either goes big or goes home and he certainly did go big on the weekend at 143, so pretty impressive numbers from him there. But this week, fellas, prelim finals, I did touch on that at the top of the show. Who are we looking to bring in this week, Shorty? Yeah, this week, mate, I'm bringing in Tom Mitchell, I think. Um, he, you may have slightly missed the boat on him because he went up 40k after his 147 against... Collingwood on Friday night, but he was just outstanding. 14 touches in the first quarter, another 13 to bring him to 27 by the half. He just finds the ball at will. I mean, he's pretty popular considering he's in 31% of sides, which I was a little surprised by, I must say. I thought maybe a few may have jumped off him or been a bit scared off him by times because sometimes he's on that fringe sort of player. Seemingly from the outside looking in, people think that he's the first guy to maybe get the chop or hands the sub best from now and then. Look, in the past three weeks, he's had 41 and 37, 23 in between those against the Cats, but that was a pretty dim day for the Swans. No one really performed to their peak. I think he's got supreme upside. He can score big, as shown by that 147. And I think the main factor in it, a lot of the Fords are really playing some great footy. I mean, Goddard's getting back to his best. Swan, Martin, Gray, Deledio, even Dalhouse is in superb form. So they're all pretty expensive. And Mitchell's still at... Uh, I think it's 472 he's at currently. So a fairly good price tag for a guy that clearly can score 120 and above, loves a contested ball. You'll get a fair few handballs from him, that's for sure. But the amount of pill that he wins and the tackle count is also impressive. I think he's a pretty good option at this time of year. So a pretty safe pick, I feel, especially with Parker's absence now. That probably takes away any concern that he's anywhere near the fringe now, despite his great form. 
Uh, I agree, guys. I think um, Shorty nailed it, given that Park is now out indefinitely. Uh, Mitchell's spot isn't in doubt, especially after he gathered 29 touches in a half last week. So I think he's, he's always been a good scorer. We know that when he plays. It's just a matter of getting him on the field sometimes. But he's on the field now. He will play. And uh, I think at that price, yeah, pretty good option if you don't have him. Yeah, something we've raved about with the Swans boys as well is their run home. So GWS this week and then the Saints next week. So if you've got a sneaky eye on the grand final, Swans up against the Saints at Eddie Had. So it will be a dry day, probably good. Tommy Mitchell, supply of the ball will be nice for him. So a good pick there, Shorty. Thanks, mate. Good to have it backed up by the, the Swans expert here as well. That's a couple of Swans in the last couple of weeks for you, Shorty. Hanover and now Mitchell. Yeah, I've been getting around the Swans, haven't I? Just uh, I try to keep it independent, but definitely they've they've looked like some pretty good options to me. Now, Josh, you're bringing in a bit of an X factor this week. Talk us through your selection at the table. Well, yeah, mine this week is uh, one of the Gold Coast midfielders. He's been playing mid for the last month, and it's not Ablett, it's not Prestia, it's not Swallow, it's not O'Meara, it's not Hallahan, it's not Sexton, but it's their new midfielder, Aaron Hall. And he was fantastic against the Tigers on the weekend at the MCG. He was probably the Gold Coast's best player in a big loss. Um, his metres gained in the last few weeks has been through the roof. Um, and he's sitting at hundred, sorry, 440,000. Now, you might think, how's he been scoring? Well, he's got 150 last week against Brisbane and then on the weekend 127 against Richmond. So I, I think... As far as uniques go, he's right up there. He's in less than 1% of sides, which mightn't surprise you. But I just I can see this form being sustained, especially with this midfield time. All those midfielders that I mentioned are out. I think he's a really good option. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think the numbers well and truly back you up there, Josh. You look at his disposal count the last few weeks, and he's really found a consistency that's been good for the Gold Coast Suns. He's gone 24, 24, 28, and then a career-high 29 on the weekend against Richmond, I was lucky enough to find myself at the G on Sunday afternoon and saw him firsthand. And What really impressed me was his speed and the way that he broke the lines. The Suns, they wanted the ball in his hand because they didn't move the ball too well, but when Aaron Hall had the ball, it just it, everything seemed to fall, uh, fall into place. And He might have even kicked one of the goals of the year when he was just streaming down the wing and took a couple of bounces and launched one from outside 50, so very impressive. That's true. That was fantastic, wasn't it? I found his possession to be really clean and his skills, on the whole, quite quite um, efficient with, by foot. So that's really good signs. Yeah, really interesting pick there, mate. I mean, his last four games have been really impressive. Only low score of 92 amongst 300s. But I suppose that a lot of people will be going, you know, gee, this bloke's never been on my radar. Who does he even play for? So I think a lot of people not too aware of him. I mean, that extra midfield time is gold. But do you reckon you can um, feel safe in the knowledge that you'll keep performing in this manner? Because at this time of year, a lot of people may be a little gun-shy pulling the trigger on you know, someone like Hall who is in good form, but perhaps a tad risky. Yeah, I mean, there's always that risk attached, isn't there? But it's not as if he's a yeah. new player. He's been around the traps for three or four seasons, I would guess. Um, obviously, he's got a good tank, as Adam said. The consistency's been there over the last month. So... I mean, obviously, there's always going to be that risk factor attached, but if you want to win your prelim, you might need to go for someone like this. Yeah, that's a fair call, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to look at someone relatively similar to you, Josh, looking for a really unique pick. I think 
if you've made it all the way now to prelim finals, you've probably got a pretty good team set up. But if you're looking for a bit of X factor and someone that might just sneak you over the line in a prelim final, I'm going to bring Mitch Robinson to the table, who might raise a couple of eyebrows. But if you look at his numbers the last few weeks, he has been in really, really good form. The top scorer last week, so I am jumping on the bandwagon a little bit, a 166 up against the Blues. But boy, oh boy, he's a tackling machine. Like 15 tackles on the weekend. And I think he's really flourishing in the Brisbane side without Dane Beams. Without Dane Beams in the side, he scored 123 in that 166 on the weekend. And he's run home. It's not when you're Brisbane, you're not always going to have a favorable run home. But they do come up against the Crows and the Hawks. And he did turn up earlier in the year against the Crows, a 109 there. And averages quite well against the Hawks, a 93 he averages against them. So Mitch Robinson, maybe one that raise, raises a couple of eyebrows, maybe not someone that you've always had on your radar. But if you're looking to really just mix things up and maybe a bit of a surprise packet, Mitch Robinson is your man. I was just going to say, I must think uh, those few of those eyebrows are some of mine that are raised there, mate. Very interesting pick, I must say. I mean, you can't knock his form, and the Beam's absence is definitely helping him, and he always has that ability to win the ball, but he's obviously using it a bit better because in the past his disposal has been quite, um, well, who knows what you're going to get, but what's he priced at now? It's about the 515 mark, I think. Is that a lot to pay for someone like Mitch Robinson in comparison to some you might be able to find around that price tag? I mean, that's a fair bit of coin for a guy that probably has never come anywhere near our radar at Supercoach Land. Yeah, look, it might deter a couple of people. He honestly hasn't been too bad of a Supercoach in the past. He's averaged above 80 every season for the last five seasons and even peaked at an average of 90 in 2011. So he certainly knows how to score when he's on his game and we, we know, I don't know him personally, but you look at the way he goes about his football, he's a competitive beast. He just loves the loves the hard ball and always goes at it hard. So if you think he might ease up a little bit with the season ending and Brisbane out of contention, I don't think that's the case. I think Mitch he is competitive and he'll always go hard at the ball. So I wouldn't worry too much about him easing up on this form. It's a good yeah. thing that you don't um, lose supercoach points for missed handshakes after the game because I know a few Carlton boys <laughs> weren't too keen on and well played, Mitchie, but I think, yeah, very risky, but I like, you got to have some balls probably there, Adam. Yeah, a little bit. I think at this part of the season, it's high risk, high reward, but if he comes off, you're laughing and you're in a grand final, so. Yeah, very nice, mate. Very well backed up there, and uh, he could mail, get you into a grand final, as you say. That's a wrap here at the table for this week. Thanks to Josh and Shorty for joining me. We brought Aaron Hall, Mitch Robinson, and Tom Mitchell to the table this week. Have a look at them. As always, get on the Supercoach HQ website for a couple of PODs, maybe some trade wins and some captain choices to help you out there and jump on Twitter and Facebook and give us a bit of action there as well. Thanks for joining me, boys. Thanks, mate.